0: Welcome to the Caribbean Property Investing Podcast, where we share real
1: life experiences for successful Caribbean property entrepreneurs. Learn about their successes, challenges, and strategies to help you create your plan for financial freedom. Now let's get started.
0: Welcome to episode three of the Caribbean Property Investing Podcast. My name is Ansem. We want to thank you again for joining us on this uh, journey to financial freedom through knowledge and life-shared experiences by our guests. Um, Today, we have a very special guest to you um, because we are following up from our first and second show. The second show was about how you can get into the property investing space. And perhaps the easiest way, the earliest stage is perhaps uh, purchasing a piece of land and then subdividing it. Now. Based on the feedback I received, we're going to step two, another form of investing. And that is where you purchase what we call a fixer-upper. You purchase a building uh, that, that may need some work uh, and may be cheaper than going through the entire process of acquiring land and getting plans and starting a brand new construction. Um, our guest today has had an amazing experience. And all my guests, I'm always impressed um with what they've done uh, and that's why they, they they are on the show now so without further ado i'd like to introduce our guest for episode three as we tackle the issue of renovation and in property investing mr thomas Slayers. good afternoon thomas welcome
1: to the podcast good afternoon mr mathrain thank you for having me man <laughs> We're sharing and, and we like
0: the reception that we've gotten so far. We thank all of our listeners yeah. and viewers uh, because the information is so rich. So why don't you tell uh, our viewers and listeners about yourself, about Thomas Leos?
1: Okay, um, well, I was born in the southern part of St. Lucia in the village of Labrie. Um I spent, well, it's part it about my life growing up there. I went to school, primary school, secondary school. Um, and eventually moved to Castries to pursue tertiary education at the South Always Community College. And of course, one thing led to another, um, I ended up getting a job in the North, um, following which I went to study um, overseas um, to obtain my bachelor's degree, came back to St. Lucia, and of course continued working in the North of St. Lucia. Um, so that's been my journey so far in terms of um, how I've moved around. But uh, from a career perspective, I've been in the private sector. Ooh, oh, I was rather <laughs> in the private sector in terms of working for another entity or other entities for the better part of 20 years, Anselm. Um, but always in the back of my mind, I was saying someday I'd want to have people working for me instead. Or better yet, have money working for me instead um so that's always there that that, and it was what do i need to do to get to that point you know so what field what field were you in the private sector and how how did
0: did, did that role help kind of accelerate your thinking and your desire to be self-employed
1: well it wasn't so much my experience in the private sector that that desire was sparked a lot earlier so i'll come to that but um in terms of the private sector, um, I've always been in what is called the fast-moving consumer goods industry. Uh, fast-moving consumer goods are goods that you consume on a regular basis. Uh, it's different to, a, to like a cell phone or telecommunication where you buy a phone and have it for four or five years. So fast-moving consumer goods, you buy the good and you consume it in a matter of perhaps hours, days, or even weeks, and it's gone. Uh, but more specifically, it was the beverage industry, the beverage distribution and manufacturing. Um, So, the better part of my career was spent in that, um, working with uh, a distributor of, um, initially a distributor importing beverage into St. Lucia, Caribbean, for about three or four years. Then I moved from the beverage industry to the tobacco industry, uh, where I worked um, based in St. Lucia for two years, and I was moved to Trinidad for another two and a half years in the tobacco industry for a company called West Indian Tobacco. So after four and a half years of that, um, in that industry, I moved back to St. Lucia and I went back into the beverage industry. This time, with the local manufacturer, Winwood and the Brewery, where I spent the better part of 12, 12 years or so. So a lot of my career has been in that business. Um, the last, maybe about two years ago, two years ago, I, I moved over to the events um, industry, if you wanna call it that. Uh, but I was a brief stint for about two and a half years. So that was the sum total of my career so far. Um, But like I said, it was always a dream to move into uh, become a full fledged entrepreneur, so to speak. And I did mention to you earlier on, Ansem, that um, that desire was sparked a lot earlier on because my mom, I would say, is a full time or was a full time entrepreneur. Um, So that's where that that whole desire was sparked, that one day I could become like that and not having to work for somebody else um but make it sustainable so they could pay me so to speak yeah and, and,
0: and how did that lead to uh property investing tell us about that journey
1: well of course um, i met with my my partner um who's now my wife um at when i was studying overseas um so and if, well, of course you, when you do that uh eventually you get married and then you move out of the parental home And so we acquired, we went to rent, actually, um, a house. Um, And we stayed in that house for about five years, I think. Uh, And at some point, we decided that we wanted to build our own home. So we acquired land or property uh, in 2001 and went about getting all the plans put in place to construct our home on it. Um, But at some point, the owner of the house who resided overseas decided they went to sell the house. Uh, and they made, um, offered us, made an offer at a certain price, which we rejected. And I indicated that I was um, about to build my own property, build my own house. And the price that they gave me uh, was pretty close to what it would have cost to construct my own home and to my own liking. Um, okay, so a few weeks passed, and they came back to me with an even better offer. Um, wow. and if I could not refuse. And I always give the joke uh, to people that um, when I got that offer, if myself and usen bolt had been in the race he would have been he would, he would have gone to bank, of St. Richard. He would have the bank of St. richard faster than me in order to put the arrangements in place to buy the house that i had been renting for the better part of five years and i'm in that house uh 20 years later i'm still there i haven't moved but i've enhanced it um over time eh? and surprisingly uh, well not surprising rather the same property i bought or the piece of land i bought uh, 2001 19 years ago it's still there undeveloped I and mean, although it has gained um, in value and capital gain but it's there's nothing happening on it so to speak yeah but but
0: so okay so you're now in the, 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 this property you've been rent. you were renting you got an offer you couldn't refuse yeah uh, got your gold medal yeah got to the bank yeah and you've enhanced it <laughs> uh, tell us about an enhancement yeah. uh in terms of of uh, the income suite and
1: why Yeah, so the thinking is, initially, I mean, when you you acquire your home, I think the mindset of most St. Lucians, my thinking, I don't know, it was my mindset that, hey, this is my home. And I don't want to share it with anybody else except my wife and my immediate family. But um, I got exposed um, to a different thinking. Um, I think there's a friend of mine, especially, who resided in Canada. And he himself had that ambition several years ago. I think you know him as well, you know that friend. And he had made moves in that direction. And there was always this conversation, you know, um, of how this could be a new path that one could take. And of course, you travel, um, I travelled to England a couple of times, and I stayed at um, a relative of mine who was sharing a room in his house or renting a room in his house to students from another country. And you know, oh. this all of these things started coming together and saying, "Hey, this is not a bad idea after all," you know. And eventually, left led to me building a two-bedroom apartment beneath my home that was enough. Um, It was high enough above the ground. The gradient was high enough. Um, And I built a two bedroom apartment um, beneath my current home. Uh, And I, of course, rented it out in no time, Um, acquired some more funds. uh, And then I built a third, or second rather, a second unit beneath that initial unit, um, a one bedroom apartment. And if you combine the, the income that I generate from these two apartments, it's more than the what the, the mortgage of the home was at the time is i'm saying but well, why didn't i do this sooner why didn't i do this sooner so that somebody else could pay for my house i would have been living in the house free of charge
0: that's right my brother.
1: <laughs> well and i've had the a privilege
0: of, of of seeing that space and uh, very comfortable very cozy thomas likens himself to be an interior mm-hmm. decorator but what, what, what caught yeah. my attention you know, while walking was uh, the, the opportunity for the next project, the Renault that you called yes. me and we went to see. Tell, tell, tell us about yeah, that
1: project, yeah. the thinking behind it, and why you thought it was a good opportunity. Yeah, so like I said, I mean, having tested um, what um, uh, venture into that, that, that area, or real estate as it were, um, the benefits that could be derived from it, so now my eyes were open for other opportunities, mm-hmm. and I happened mm-hmm. to come up, um, upon an opportunity I saw on Facebook. Um, incidentally, that's a building I saw on a fairly regular basis. I could drive past that building on a regular basis um, several years ago, and it's about five minutes from my current residence. And when I saw the price uh, that it was being offered for, I could not believe it on Sam. I said, "Wow, um, I need to get this. I, I need to lay my hands on, on this on this property." And so I arranged to, to have a viewing. And I'm telling you, um, it was not in a very good state aesthetically at the time. Um, but I saw beyond that. I saw the potential that perhaps might have scared away somebody who didn't know what to look for. And in terms of what to look for, um, I think the most important thing is make sure the building is structurally sound. So it's wise to get an engineer to have a look at the structural integrity of the building. And by structural integrity, the things you want to look for would be the Condition of the, the, the columns, if you can see those, um, on the beams as well. So the columns will be those that are upright, and the beams are those that are horizontal. Make sure that there are no cracks, um, in those two areas. Um, the condition of your roof is very important. Um, make sure there are no leaks. So, you check the, the ceiling to see that there are no leaks or termite damage. And I think those are the three fundamental areas that you want to look at. Forget about paintwork, and kitchen cupboards, and and, and tiling, and so forth. these are what I consider cosmetic. You can always change those things. But I think a lot of people were scared by what they saw, that the paint wasn't looking, that had been painted probably for several years, a lot of um, mold and fungus, if you want to call it that. But I saw beyond that. Um, and so I decided to take the plunge. Um, the also The other thing as well, I mean, you do a valuation, and it turned out that the value of the building, before I'd done anything to it, was, it came out to be twice the amount I paid for the building. So the market value wow. of the building... Was twice a wow, wow. of what I paid for it. Wow. So that was I got, I got equity equivalent to the amount I was going to pay for the building right away, without having done anything. Buying, buying, be, buying below market value, as I said in the last podcast, yeah.
0: that is the most important yeah. part of real estate investing. Now, Thomas, I I saw that building. You brought me to that building, and I was scared. A yeah. lot of people see property investors yeah. and perhaps think that you know we look at every opportunity, yeah. but every opportunity is not for everyone um what yeah well two things two things i was i was concerned about um the layout i was concerned about what would be the the rent how did you go about with the 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 economics and the the numbers for the investment what was your thinking Uh, in a separating apart from just you gaining equity on day one what Mm. what were your numbers in terms of percentages What what were you thinking
1: well, first of all, you go through your, your financial institution um, and you get the amount that you have to pay for the structure in question. I mean, there's another tip as well. I mean, that I've, I I just, just before I continue that area, uh, I watch a lot of HGTV and they always say buy the worst looking building on the block, you know? But that's another thing. That's part of the show. As <laughs> on, you the best street. Um, on the best street. <laughs> on the best street. On the best street. Yeah. Yeah. So what I did, and Sam, is I went to the financial institution. and of course they did the numbers and say okay this is the amount you'll we'll have to pay uh, on a monthly basis now if it's a building that you're buying for income purposes you'd want to get the loan for as long a period as possible uh what i mean is by doing that now it means you're paying a smaller amount on a monthly basis so for it's a 30 year loan if you're buying a building for income purposes is better than a 15 year loan 15 year loan because it means you're paying more for 15 year you're paying more monthly as opposed to a 30 but it's good because, in the sense that you're not the one paying for it, it's somebody else paying for the building. Um, you, so, what I did, of course, like I said, what did you Plus Because you
0: can enjoy the excess rent between the, the, the net between the. That's what I'm saying. The that's
1: a good point. The, that's a good point. You can leave all of that. the rent as possible. Yeah? yeah. Um, so, like I said, I did that. Um, I calculated the number, well, the number of units, We you knew what it was. Um, and then I asked myself, hey, if I were to rent each unit at X amount, and accumulate the amount, how much would I be earning on a monthly basis? And when I did that calculation, of course, it turned out to be about three times more than what the mortgage payment would be on average. Um, that in itself was a no-brainer, anymore. yeah. But also I had to make some changes in the configuration of the building. Um, there was, the building Already designed to contain um, three, three apartments and one of the, well, four, one of which contained seven bedrooms, which is where the, um, the family occupied. But of course I knew that the seven bedrooms would not make sense. Um, I could not get that rented to anybody um, at all. So I decided to split the seven bedroom section into two. So I took one of the largest bedrooms and converted it into a, like a dining room, kitchen area. And so the seven bedrooms became a two bedroom apartment. Um, there were also, Two other small sections i think that were being used for a hairdressing facility so i combined that into one apartment and of course the 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 structure was there already to contain three other apartments so in the end a building that initially was housing four apartments was transformed into six apartments
0: yeah what gave you the confidence thomas what gave because i know you, you you you're a businessman what gave you the confidence that you could have gone in there after the, the 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 superficial um kind of inspection and then you have the engineering that you would have gotten the right people to to be able to give you what you want
1: well the good thing is i would already done the two units at home so that was like a kind right. of a dry run of sorts you know
0: right, um, right so
1: i had the experience i supervised that construction myself um so like i engage a contractor and say hey these are my drawings these are my designs whatever. I supervise the construction on a day to day basis. Um, and of course, the wife assisted with the decoration part. Um, because at home, one of the units was used, is being used for a long term rental and another is short term. So that was the same idea I had um, going forward with that building that I'll do a mix in terms of the rental pool. Uh, I'll put some of it on the long term market and some of it on the short term market. Of course, the short term wow. market generates more revenue than the, than the long term market. And at that time, of course, You know the market was um very healthy or very strong for short-term rentals if you're all airbnbs and booking.com i mean that was growing by leaps and bounds and i saw that i'd seen it with already with my the two apartments that i had before so i was sure that it would work you know that was it was trending towards that area in terms of more people coming in and wanting a different form of accommodation than um than a hotel for instance
0: during the process
1: what would you say were Mm -hmm. your biggest challenges Well, the thing is, um, at the time I was um, supervising. Well, in fact, I also supervised the um, renovation work at the new building, or the the fixer-upper, so to speak. Um, But I also had a full-time job, Um, so it was difficult supervising and and moving back and forth between my job and the project, and ensuring that it was done to your satisfaction, to your standards, Um, because I was involved in every process. I mean, from the selection of the tiles, the color of the paint the pictures that go on the walls, um, the finishing on the cupboards, um, and what have you. Every single detail I was involved in um, on a regular basis. So that was a challenge, like I said, juggling that um, responsibility with my corporate responsibilities, as it were. And and how were you able to overcome that? Well, of course, um, you have um, a partner, like I said. um, So in those times where I couldn't, my partner would, would fall in. Um, Luckily for me, the project was not too far away from my place of residence or my place of work. Um, And also there were weekends as well um, when you could schedule it. Um, But like I said, I supervised the the, the project myself and I was able to, if there were times when I could not um, do the supervision, um, I would stop the work. Yeah, rather than let it go on and then something goes wrong and I have to go back and do a costly um, repair or fix, I just stop the work and let it stop for however long that I needed to come back and supervise it. So that was a challenge because it means that it, it could take longer than you intend to, to get the project um, finished. But what I did is well, I didn't phases. Understand? Eh, I didn't tackle the entire reno or the entire reno at one time. I took the biggest unit um, in the property, and within, I'd say, two to three months of acquiring the place, I already had a tenant move in um, into the property. So I was already um, earning um, revenue um, for the first one of the units and it helped me again in financing um the additional units um so it was not insurmountable it wasn't a, a mammoth that was overwhelming so i did it apartment by apartment by apartment and as soon as i finished somebody moved in.
0: and you had no issue with getting tenants at all
1: no zero zero of course i'm sure you're aware of the transitioning that has taken place um in the rental market in the sense that um, the short-term market has almost dried up um, because of the fall in, the drastic fall in the number of visitors owing to um, COVID, but I managed to transition to the long-term market um, without difficulty at all. So it shows there's still some buoyant demand for rental accommodation um, in, in different locations in Saint Lucia, and I'd say uh, the location I am probably helped because I'm about 10-15 minutes outside of Castries and also 10-15 minutes outside of Grosely. So almost smack in the middle of these two major, major towns, you know, which which happened to
0: be the, 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 the description of your of your Airbnb um, listing, smack in the middle.
1: Yeah, smack in the middle. <laughs> and the smack <laughs> in the middle, of course, like I said, smack in the middle of um, Rosalie and um, and Castries. Yeah?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody listening right now um, might be interested in tackling mm-hmm. a, a Renault. You know, what advice would you have for yeah. them, you know, as they listen to this podcast?
1: Well, first of all, if that's the idea, speak to other persons who've done similarly. Um, and as well, perhaps, if you, I mean, do it um, in phases. Um, don't tackle huge projects all at once, having not had the experience. Um, and when examining the building, if it's a fixer-upper, pay attention to the fundamentals. Like I said, that would be the structural soundness of the building. So your beams, your columns, your roofing. These are the most important things. Um, don't be fooled by the cosmetics of the tile work, or the um, the paint work, or how, or the landscaping outside. All of this can be done without causing you to to drill a hole in your pocket. So that would be my advice, essentially. And show it. And also determine what is you want it for. Is it for your home or for income? And that'll determine, of course, the length of time that you want to get a mortgage for. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much I feel like
0: I just got a shot up adrenaline. Uh Thomas, uh certainly <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. Um I, yeah. while while you speak in, uh, one of the things that, that we, we take we, we took for granted was the fact that you yeah. knew the area because you live you live literally yeah. five minutes away. So so that helped. Anyone who would be, yeah. you know, thinking of doing must certainly do their research in the area to understand demand, understand yeah. um comparable yeah. pricing of of rentals and generally you know what type of client you would get there Um, i I like the fact that you had a mixed a mixed strategy where you first of all um in phases uh the upper floor first and then you you divided the rest of the units between short term and long term short term gives you a lot more income more changeover more work but long term gives you that security
1: I mean, there are other little things as well I want to look at. Eh? Um, security in the area, I mean, just do a general talk to persons who own homes in the area in terms of the security situation. Also, the water supply, if there are any issues there, that determines whether you need to put in tanks or not. So that's important as well.
0: Yeah. Very, very, very important. These two things can make yeah. the quality of your living experience good or very, very, very bad. I learned, I learned a lot because um, you I discussed that already. I'm still not, not comfortable um, with renovation. But certainly it's an option for people if you if you have the conduct you have the experience if you get deals like yeah. that that you cannot you cannot um pass up on you know both for equity mm-hmm. from day one um and secondly just by knowing the potential income uh, versus the price that you have to pay for the mortgage so these are two uh key yeah. determining factors i think you know on whether or not you make a decision yeah. and plus the disposition your general disposition and your willingness to go in that yeah. type of investment. Listeners, viewers, we want to thank you for joining us again. I want to thank Thomas uh, for giving us, you know, all of that, you know, juicy uh, information, uh, tips on, on how to deal with a fixer-upper or Renault in an you know, and in the Caribbean uh, generally. Uh, remember, we're available on all podcast platforms, uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google, TuneIn, um, and many, many more in addition to us also being on YouTube, Facebook, and of course, IG. Uh, once again, thank you and see you next week for another episode of Caribbean Property Investing.
1: Congratulations and thank you for tuning in to the Caribbean's first property investing podcast. We want to help Caribbean people create wealth and achieve financial freedom through property investing. Our show provides general advice based on personal experiences and is for educational purposes only. For more information, resources, and past episodes, visit us at caribbeanpropertyinvesting.com. Remember to click the subscribe button so you never miss a show. Let's go.